So we're back. We're here. We're Ladies back. and gentlemen, I can't even, you know, I feel so. It feels this, weird. It feels weird saying ladies and gentlemen in a world where everything is so gender fluid and, you know, people just have their pronouns. So I think it's time I retire, ladies and gentlemen. Even in folks. <laughs> it's just like, how you, how you doing? Vince, what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah, we're about to start another cold open. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is good. Yeah, I like this. Yeah, man. But Last it's, time. It's, it's 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 something that you know. I think I, personally, I wanted to address it just because I heard for the past few podcasts that we've done, ladies and gentlemen, and then I'm just. It almost makes me feel like we'll be under attack if I keep saying that. I, I guess I can understand where you're coming from with that, man. I, I told you previously I'd had to have uh, at work. We've had to, you know, we had to meet with HR and have those discussions about, you know, it's trying to be used as thing. gender neutral of pronouns as possible. Um, and it, 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 it's it, it, it's a thing. It's a thing for some people. Uh, I think the hardest one for me is just the they. That's probably the one that throws me off the most. Is people want to be referred to as they. So. Uh, that 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 probably just once you that's probably a harder one to work around. But once you figure that out, and it's just uh, they don't want to be referred to as a she or a the, a she a she or the, a she or he, just they. What the what's a the? <laughs> that's like <laughs> the. It's like, like almost a, like, like, a, like I am the nineteen. That almost uh, that's hundreds. almost how you were referred to. That's how you refer to yourself or who who is who. That's how they like said you the. I just it's just sensitivity training. Isn't that what they call it when they... Yeah, just about. It's about the right... That's probably the most corporate word for sensitivity training. So, uh, you know, being, being that we're independent, that we run our own shop, I don't think there's anybody around us to really give us sensitivity training. So It's just, you know... We, um, we, we learn from seeing the mistakes of others. Of others. You know, that, that's <laughs> what I've always said. A smart... You know, uh, I, I, I want to say it was my Uncle Russell who told me it, uh, or he told Lorenzo, and Lorenzo used to always tell me, but uh, it was always uh, the saying he would say, or it may have been my dad even. Uh, so I'm not even 100% who it exactly was because I remember hearing this from a young age, but more so after I became a teenager. But it was uh, a smart man learns from his own mistakes. A wise man learns from the mistakes of others. Yep. And I always remember that. And it's like you, you see the missteps of others, man. Like uh, some people, I mean, it's going to be tough. The baby may recover, but it's going to be a long walk back, man. And uh, <laughs> it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. You know, it's funny. My dad was watching Bill Maher yesterday, or was it Friday, Friday night, Sunday? When I came home, uh, and it was uh, when he was talking about it, he was talking about the Matt Damon uh, situation where they're all on Matt Damon because he said he's made it, like he's gone out of his way to stop using the derogatory yeah. F word for I ju- I just you know that. that you know for the LGBTQ community. Um, he said he's going out his way to retire it and, you know, that he doesn't say it anymore. And, you know, people got on him for admitting that he doesn't say it anymore. It's like, yo, it's like, like, and Bill Maher was saying it. And it's like, like, who are we to judge someone who didn't wake up, who wasn't born 100% perfect and woke? And, not, like, the way he went about it was hilarious. And it was almost, remember how I told you how South Park ranked on everybody uh, on that, uh, the last one, the uh, the vaccination special, yeah. Well, I told you how they were how they were making fun of the the uh, 
the capital riots, but at the same time, they were showing like how reporters were kind of biased about it in the field. Like it, it was hilarious to me, um, and seeing that. But it was kind of like that with him. He was saying it. He was like, "Listen, like he was going about people like that." But uh, we've once again had another long cold open here. Uh, <laughs> I was and just I thinking you, the same thing. <laughs> I told you it was gonna be another cold open, man. Yo, you know what's crazy? These are almost turning into mini episodes. Yeah, I mean, the cold open should just be a show called the Cold Open, where we just do cold opens and yeah, then we man. get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Yo, imagine that the cold open, man. Yo, we should be make that just a little, a little sub, like a little sub genre. Because this episode has nothing to do with anything that we just that said. we just said. But you, you had something. You had somewhat of an enlightened thought to start. I'm not gonna say somewhat of an enlightened. You had an enlightened thought to start it, it with what you I was said. About. You know, it was on your mind. And you know, we went a little bit off topic. We veered off the rails a bit. But you know, we, we started. This would be about action movies. So, you know, it's crazy. You say, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about, you know, all this. Let's just think of how messed up action movies were in the portrayals of some things back in the day. Like, I mean, the troublesome, like, uh, the tropes, the, the, you know, it's always like, you know. See, I have a love-hate relationship with even knowing that. Because had we been born, you know, maybe 20 years earlier and we still did the same thing. We could be so risque in what we do that it wouldn't just be it, it wouldn't we wouldn't even have a thought of it being an issue. We just fucking like look at the shit that like Cheech and Chong did and then like really dissect that era. There was so much shit around that. And the fact that they were able to not only speak up for free speech for doing whatever the fuck you want, what this country's supposed to be based on, but then they thrived on that shit. They did. They they did phenomenally well for themselves. But you have to think in that time it was a bit more of the uh, the counterculture to everything that was going on. It was a real. It was a start and change in dynamic of thinking. I want to say where kids who were like much younger. I want to say kids, but the younger generation was rebelling from a lot of the societal norms that were already being set out. Uh, you maybe saw it a little bit before that, but like the, uh, you know, the, the I don't want to say the hippie movements, but you know, you're going to talk about like the, I'm going to say the hippie movements in the 60s. Uh, <laughs> the, yeah. I don't, know exactly I don't, I don't want to say that, but. I don't know exactly to call that. I hope I'm not offending anyone. Is, is hippie considered derogatory? We can I don't say think that, right? so. I, I, I think uh, it, I, it might be considered derogatory to people that are not hippies. Yeah. Because I, mean, I think if you're a true It's hippie, like, I mean, I mean, it's like people now. It. Like, it's like, I mean. It's like when you get if you call someone who even if you are a hipster, no one must be called a hipster. Like when all my friends just tell me, "Yo, you're a goddamn hipster," so like yeah, shut but, up. But they they don't want to be called hipsters by anyone other than themselves, because yeah. then they'll go to hipster shops and they'll buy hipster clothes and they'll drink at hipster bars and they'll do everything that's within the hipster realm. But God forbid someone calls them a hipster. I didn't do everything within the hipster realm. Did I go to some hipster bars? Yes. Do I own a couple plaid flannel shirts? Yes. Do I have a lot of straight leg pants? Yes. That's about it. You, <laughs> you're closer to hipster than 90% of the black community that I've ever met in my life. And that's not, you gave me the finger right now. I know, no but, one can see but that. But that's, that's not like. <laughs> A derogatory not, thing. I know, man. Everybody, like you know, you know, fuck on all I think what I think what separates you from from a lot of people is the fact that 
even though people use this as a derogatory term, being a chameleon, where you can adapt and, and, and change your skin to any situation, that's a that's a talent. I have that talent. You have that talent. We can be on this hood shit, this butt and road shit, and talk to each other like this, but the minute we're in a professional environment, we can turn that shit on. Yeah. And there's a huge demographic of people that can't do that shit. Yeah. So the, God that bless exists. us. Fuck that shit. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna say a lot of you, but once again, this was supposed to be about <laughs> action, action movies. movies. <laughs> and then again, we spoke about the troublesome things from you know, and kind of, but you know, but but let, uh, let's compare this to like a John Wick. That was amongst the list of action oh, franchises. John Wick, man. John Wick to me embodies the current era of what an action movie should be, and even as a cinematographer looking at how they shoot this because i don't even look at movies and just watch them on surface value anymore i can't i'm too busy trying to like create shit so i'm looking at everything as inspiration when they do those scenes and they they've done them in many different franchises like game of thrones was one of the shows that they did this and they executed it perfectly the single shot where everything is rehearsed there is no cut so you got a cameraman just following the action. And there's a few karate movies that came out where they did this shit. I think the one where the dude was fighting for the elephant. Remember that shit that everybody's going crazy? Uh, Young Bok or some shit like that. But everybody was going nuts over the fact that they choreographed to perfection this scene. I mean, the thing about a single shot when you say that is what you said, that it's continuous. There's no any fuck up is, all right, back, reset. And if let's say it's a, a four, you know, four minute might be long for continuous shot, but they've been pushing it on these things. But when you have these continuous shots like that, any one and it's like boop back, it's ah oh, who keeps doing it? Like where you can't like all right reset from there, you'll be able to tell. Uh, and you know those continuous shots get expensive if you, if you mess them up, man. Like those are you know, it's, it's crazy. That's why it, I think it applies a certain amount of pressure to people to show up prepared it's like this i mean this, this there aren't a many it's it's, it's it's i mean there aren't many actors i'll say who you 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 think would show up like on on a major film like that or it's even made a major tv show like to a level unprepared where you're the one bombing at extras maybe but the actual stars i'd say I, at least i'd hope to say they show up prepared you know, there may be some, you know, you hear these things behind scenes. People get kicked off of shows or get written off or the characters get killed off screen. You know, they, they do have unceremonious endings like that to some people. You know, we never know so the full I, extent I, of those Imagine, reasons. all right, so that that's a, a series where people have some sort of job security. If you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep doing it for a long time. Look at The Walking Dead. That's just still going I think this is the final season, actually. I think it actually recently just started, too. It's supposed to start. The final season? Imagine someone who just got paid to do the movie. There's no emotional attachment to this. Like, a, a, a lot of people just show up and just do whatever the fuck they want. So, to have that level of discipline, to be able to pull off a continuous shot, like... Some of these shots are crazy, bro. And all I can do, I, it's such a group effort. And I swear to God, if, if they applied this to like movies back in the day, a lot of the great action movies from back in the day. Imagine Bruce Willis had 
this sort of. But there's a lot of these movies. I think like from now, back now, in the now, day. Now Bruce Willis is getting roasted on Comedy Central, and everybody's kind of making fun of the fact that Demi Moore left him for Ashton Kutcher and all this shit. But he is a legitimate action star. He was he was the embodiment I of mean, what he, a Hollywood action star was, and I, he didn't even have access to the technology that we have access but, to now. It was a different time back then. That's one thing you have to set back then. It was it was such a different time for action movies. Where you think of, let's look at like like as much as I love, them, like I always say, the Star Wars movies. I'm not gonna get into Star Wars. I'm gonna go into something I just saw recently, the Alien series. Look at the first Alien. What was that? 1978. How groundbreaking that was. The things they had to do to how real that looked on screen back then. Watching it on Blu-ray now, it's good to see moving 60 frames, but you could tell everything. And even Aliens, you know, Alien 2, the one that James Cameron, yeah, Stanley Kubrick, and then you have goddamn James Cameron come behind him and, you know, make possibly one of the greatest sequels ever, you know. Like, when you think about that, when you like, there are very few movies like that where you say the sequel is quite be- quite possibly better than the original. It's a rare occasion. It's a rare occasion. But you see it happen a lot sometimes occasionally with action movies. Uh, and, I mean... It's it, it, to me. It's always bananas. Uh, when you think of how far action movies have come, when you think about like, now, let's say when we look back on, uh, let's say like let's let's use like a Die Hard, how they did use real explosions, but how bad they looked on film. How they look good. <laughs> how they look good for that era on film, but seeing them now, I'm feeling like oh god. And then you could even say when we got to maybe the early '90s and they started using CGI explosions. Like, let's use Independence Day, I want to bring up, which is on that list as a franchise. Uh, the first Independence Day, when they blow up the, uh, when they blow up everything, when the aliens first start blowing shit up. Mm-hmm. When they first one was the Empire State Building, uh, the White House, out in L.A., and I think there's somewhere else they show. But uh, when you see the, uh, when you see it hit the White House, how it's so CGI'd. And it just looks like it looks bananas to look at it now. And it's like back then it looked like, oh, my. Wow. Did they really just blow up the White House? It's like, how did they blow up the Empire State Building? I remember thinking as a kid sometimes, not knowing how to explain it to myself. Like, how are they blowing up train stations? And then, like, I just rode through here on a train. Like, you know, not knowing what movie magic it was exactly. You know, honestly, and, uh, even it, looking at Power Rangers. Like just a shitty show. I, I mean, I never watched Power Rangers. So you never watched Power Rangers? I told you. I, I didn't go straight. I went to after school. Like I was like that 3, 3.30 shit. Like, I, was after I, I was a Power Rangers person. And I, I, I never, I'm telling I never. you, back in the day, just seeing what they were able to do with... And it almost looks like fireworks now. It looks like somebody just let off a few cherry bombs, little smoke little bombs and shit like that. It's so cheap. But it's, back in the day, it was like fucking groundbreaking. I remember feeling shit, like they, it looked kind of. I remember one time, like a few times, I did see it, like on TV. Happened to come home, like I didn't have school that day. It was like one of those days where it was like a uh, a vacation day where we were home from school and somebody else was watching it. And you see, it was like like first of all, I hated those stupid putty things. Like, what are they called? <laughs> right, the putties. The putties, yeah. I hated. First of all, I hated them. Uh. And, and I mean, I just, I just. They were literally. That's always found to be a very cheesy show. That um, that was their thing. They, they were, were jobbers. They were the jobbers. <laughs> Makes <laughs> sense. But like, like we, 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 we've been, we, you know, this this actually probably turned into more of a film podcast than actually, you know. No, we still action on movies. action stars. Uh, 
Cause you know we haven't talked about any, but like if you had to say, like actually, like like let's think of some. Like we, you know, just you know, it's crazy. People who've like had multiple like action series. Cause I was about to say Transformers. And I was like, that's Michael Bay. And then I almost said Bad Boys, but that's Michael Bay too. Those were two like action series that popped in my head right off the bat. That uh, I can't even explain why. And then I'm thinking in my head that both Michael Bay. <laughs> so that, that I don't know. That was kind of funny to me in my head. Uh, first off, Bad Boys. Uh, Martin Lawrence, Will Smith, to think that, you know, how far apart the first two sequels came, and, you know, the sequel from part one and two, and then the sequel between two and three, yeah. and how they all weren't that terrible. They weren't reviewed that. I don't think there's ever really been that greatly reviewed of a Michael Bay film, but, I mean, I don't understand why people hate his films. I guess, I mean, they are pretty, like, formula, like, like they fit the same formula, fast, zoom, loud. But that... See that—that's the disconnect that I start having with quote-unquote critics, because in every other aspect of life, once you find the formula, you repeat it. Your entire life is based on finding your formula. So, if a basketball player finds his formula, hits his stride. They want him to go out there and do that shit all the time. And when he doesn't, they chastise him for it. Giannis. You said it, Giannis. Everybody says he just puts his head down and gets to the basket. And it works for him. But when he can't do it and he can't do anything else, there's no other part of his game refined, you get on him. But uh, you're 100% right. Continue. You, you, you can't. Something that I found out recently just through watching random videos on YouTube is that Quentin Tarantino made a promise to himself that he was only going to do 10 movies. And then that's it. And this next movie is his 10th movie. And he was on Joe Rogan talking about it. And Joe was kind of approaching him from the angle of a fan. Like, you know, it's kind of disheartening that you're saying you're only going to do 10 movies when you keep getting better every movie but then he's trying to explain to joe like you know maybe i'm just saying that (laughs) maybe this is my protective blanket so that i can keep being free in what i'm doing keep evolving and people will keep accepting that's the problem is that once people evolve it's like We'll bring it back to action uh, uh, movies. That first Terminator, that hit. That second Terminator, it really hit. You know, there we go again. T1 and T2. You know who T2 was. But the third, the fourth, the fifth, it was just bacon, like living off the name. I get it. Yeah. It was living off the name. It was it's a, like they, they, when you when you get to the franchise level, it's. I mean, I haven't seen like the last three or four, but like Fast and Furious. How do we get from a drag racing series to where someone told me this last one they go into space? Not like Elon Musk go into space, but Bro, like they go into do like. You low know, I, I saw it. <laughs> you didn't tell me. I saw it. I watched it. Do you want to know who went into space? The Rock and Tyrese. 
No. Vin Diesel and Tyrese? No. Vin Diesel and The Rock? Ludacris and Tyrese. Ludacris and Tyrese. That's ludicrous. <laughs> and they're in space. Oh, uh, hold on. Hold on. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen these yet. Spoiler alert. They're in space in a car in scuba diving uniforms. Like, they have the scuba diving gear, which is apparently close to, like, an astronaut thing. But they didn't have astronaut gear, so they just got scuba diving shit. But, like, deep diving shit. Like, the shit with the glass in the front. And they both in space. And then... They go and they decide that they were going to save the world and put the pedal to the metal and they hit the gas on the car and the car starts driving in space. <laughs> You're shitting me. Driving in the hot houses. You mean like the, it had boat? I'm guessing they had boosters to get into they space. They had all rockets. Everything was. And not only that, they they had their Jesus Christ moment. Where they sacrifice themselves for humanity, which is only destroyed when you realize that they survived and there was only a crack on the windshield. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? See, this is my problem with current action franchises. Like, I just, you just said like all that. Vin Diesel I made a needs jo- to stop. Cause I, it's Vin Diesel's fault, bro. I heard that that he's been pitching like travel, like he wants a Fast and Furious where traveling this time. This man wants <laughs> like, yo, everything. Like, bro, you know what's funny? One of the funniest things was at the end of Twenty Two Jump Street. He's such a dude. Where they showed all of the phony movies where there's like twenty three, twenty four. He's like, you motherfuckers are going to med school. You motherfuckers are going to flight school. It's like, uh, art school. He's like, uh, he's like, uh, you going? You guys culinary school? Like it was all, all the dumb shit. He was, it was so stupid. Where he's like, yo. People that don't even funny. know that Vin Diesel started out as a break dancer. I think there's people that know. I think the craziest thing for me when it comes to Vin Diesel's entire career is the amount of money he got paid for Groot. To repeatedly say, I am Groot. I'm I Groot. I'm Groot. I'm Groot. I'm Groot. I'm Groot. Oh. Like, I know people. That actively smoke three packs of cigarettes a day, hoping to land a voic- of a vocal job the way that Vin Diesel's getting paid. Yo, like that, like that, that, that was actually bananas to me. When I really think about it the most is like the amount of money he made. Like, look at how, like, look at when you look at how they voice acted out that movie. Look at the way that uh, that they show uh, your man, uh, your man Bradley Cooper. When he's doing his lines, is Rocket with all the inflictions and he's moving around and he's like, doing all that other shit. He, act, he actually like gave a shit. Yeah, like like when they show him, like when he's like when like in one of the movies where he's doing it and it just it was bananas to me. Like when he's like like he and it actually looks like the way like in the movie when you see it like the way his mannerisms look like the way like they did it. Like and it's funny. It feels it feels as though Vin Diesel. Loves the check. I mean... And he shows up for the check. That's all he cares about is the check. And with this Fast and Furious franchise that he's fucking grown into this powerhouse monster for some reason. When I see his social media videos where he's acting like a complete fucking idiot. 
Like somebody at the bar that you just like, God damn, why does the security take this nigga? I've never even looked at. I didn't even know he had. They are so many like, YouTube do videos, people, just compilations of his idiot. Behavior. Like I don't, I, you know what? Honest to God, I don't think I follow any celebrities on social media. He's such a douche. Like. I don't understand. You know, I, I'll be honest with you. I honestly don't understand why people follow celebrities on social media. Like, because, you know, I think that's one of the things that, like, people try to live up to these unrealistic expectations they see from these celebrities also. And that's one of the things that's why people always fucking, you know, they feel so bad about them down themselves. You think that you should be living up to the way this person who makes, you know, you know, exponentially more than you, exponentially times exponentially more than you. You know, that you should be able to live like them. And, you know, that, that that eats at people. Seeing the way these people live, the way they look, the way they dress, you know, the things they can do. And, you know, um, I, I, I've never understood that, man. Like, I don't follow any, like, social, like, any 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 celebrities on social media. They say you don't meet your heroes. There's very few people that actually live up to the expectations of the people that meet them. That's a hard feat. Yeah, man. That is, man. It's uh, like, because honestly, especially once you're in the spotlight, if you're an action star, whatever the fuck it is. I remember there was this one uh, in, in Entourage. One of the actors, his character was uh, a leading guy. No, no, no. It wasn't in Entourage. It was in fucking, um, oh, man, in Ray Donovan. I don't watch Ray Donovan. In Ray Donovan, there was an action star who was like a leading man. He was like a Bruce Willis. And they were hiring Ray Donovan to kind of clean up his mess. But he fell in love with a transgender. And there was video of him sucking cock and all types of shit, bro. And he was on the balance as to whether or not his career in the entertainment business was worth his personal happiness. And Ray Donovan was trying to like clean it up until he realized that, yo, this guy just wants to fucking be happy. And that destroyed his career at the expense of him being happy. How many of these action stars probably deal with the same shit? It's like, one thing that they always say, especially in the business, don't meet the people that you admire because the minute that you realize that they're just a tired human being, that fantasy of the marketing campaign. That I mean, that's why a lot of people, I mean, nigga. that's why I always tell people, man, and what I've always done, man, is like these are to me, they're regular people, man. To me, they're all just regular people. Like, you're a regular person like me, except your job puts you on the screen and people look at you. Mine has me do what I do, you know? It's just that that's your job. You got good at that, and, you know, you get paid a lot more for it. But, like, like I like I, like I, like I, like I, I could understand that. Like, you, just like, and people need to choose that sometimes. If that's what makes you happy, there's a lot of people that, you know, a lot of these people look very miserable. A lot of these celebrities look at them. Like when you see them out on the street when they're not in these happy curated moments, those paparazzi pictures, I'm pretty sure you annoyed the paparazzi around. But when you don't see them and it's like one of those snaps from like not too far and they're not in your face and you don't look too happy, I mean. 
I mean, this. I know is, it's just. This, this isn't I know really, it's just one day, but you know, you know, you know, a lot of and a lot of people like, like you always say, like you know, you realize, you know, and a lot of people sometimes get all that stuff. You get the money, all that stuff. You realize you're still not happy. It's so, not everything. So, so, so this movie I'm about to mention is not like an action movie. I don't think I don't think it really fits into this demographic, but because we're kind of talking about like action stars. But look what happened on the set of Twilight. What happened on the set of Twilight? Where you had the actor and the actress in this relationship. Oh, shit. I forgot they dated. And then the scandal happened. But that wasn't on the set of Twilight. She was on a different movie when it happened. They were together, but that was a different but movie. But it's the collateral damage of the franchise. Because that franchise existed and was built. Even what happened with Taylor Lautner. What happened with Taylor Lautner? It's like... The, the motherfucker was chiseled as fuck doing backflips playing a werewolf and all this shit and he got to a point in his life where he said fuck everybody and he really just let himself go like he he became like I never knew he that. looked like homer simpson bro like and when you look at him like how the fuck was you the same dude because he said fuck this shit fuck this shit I mean. the pressure uh, there's very few schwarzeneggers out there bro how I many mean, people would like if you list and they've done this shit? You list the accomplishments of somebody like Arnold Schwarzenegger. That is superhuman. That's not something that happens every day. A lot of these people that end up in these action movie franchises, they're just people that wanted to act, and they got casted in this role, and now they're this type of person. And now everywhere you go, you have to be perceived as as this type of person. So you have to live your life that way. And if you don't, then we'll bury you. We'll bury you in the press. No, we'll make sure I you mean, never work again. A lot of them really, I mean, a lot of them, is, a lot of them, you, it only really is a lot of them says if you control your narrative from the beginning, that doesn't happen to you. That's why a lot of them are so, a lot of them now work so hard at controlling, you know, what they, you know, the perception of them is, the perception of what they do is. Yeah, but that's, that's the luxury that we have. And I mean, no, I don't we, mean we, us. We, no. I mean, we, we, people I mean, now. I, I mean, our generation, I mean, our, our timeline. Where we are right now as a society, we are able to control the narrative of ourselves. We can hire PR people. We can do our own PR, whatever it is. Back in the day, we didn't even have internet. We didn't have any of that shit. What the papers wrote was what it was. And that's the news that was consumed by the people. And whether or not they believed it or not, you got uh, 95% of the people reading this news. Everybody's going to make their judgments. Let's say 50% of that. So you got at least 50% of the population that already believes something that somebody else wrote about you. We have the ability to create our narrative, to I mean, make I still, little cartoons I think of that ourselves that, and, and that, do that. our own movies. Back in the day, all you had to do was go through that system. And if you wasn't ready to play ball, then you didn't get in the system. I mean, to a certain extent, I'll agree. I'll, I'll agree to disagree to that on some extent. Um, I think you can look at it. And people knew, I like, I mean, there's some people who, I mean, there's nothing why some people, like I said, just so private in their private lives. Let's look at, uh, let's look at it. one of the people that said super private in the industry, uh, Rami Malek. A guy who won for playing Freddie yeah. Mercury, Mr. Robot. They say he's one of the most private people. You barely know anything that really goes on in his life. And it's just like people, if you want to control your narrative. Look so at how long, I mean. Perfect segue. Conversation I had with my brother right before you got here. We was talking about Kurt Russell. And Kurt Russell, we, we just 
pull up the list of franchises, but there were like singular movies that Kurt Russell was an action star. Kurt Russell. That, that Kurt Russell solidified. He's still going. There's actors who are still going. I mean, it's just people look at look at Liam Neeson's career revival. Look at Alec Baldwin's career revival, even though he's cooled off again. Uh there are just people who I mean the right role doing the right thing could revitalize your career. And look at how Liam Neeson's career revitalization got him typecast. You know? There's just, you know, if, if it happens for but you, it he's happens. just so good. convincing. A lot of them. It's like, who a- wants to watch Liam Neeson in, like, a romantic comedy? I mean, this motherfucker kicks ass. He was actually pretty he's an funny. action star. He wasn't, it wasn't a romantic comedy. It was a little bit. But in uh, A Million Ways to Die in the West, he was really funny in that. I mean, it's Seth MacFarlane. And, I mean, he's still playing a very Liam Neeson-ish character. But he was still very good in that movie. You know, that was a comedy. You know, there's people who could do it, who could pull it off. Um, I think even, but but I say that, even the Taken series, I mean, Taken 1 was really good. And then you see how that, you know, they just realize, oh, man, they love him in this. Hey, we're going to turn this into a franchise. We gave you this much for this one. We'll give you this much for the second one. We'll give you Mitchell for the third one. And then by the third one, they realize, all right, we fucked up. But Taken was such, it's such a smart niche because you created... Uh, James Bond slash Jason Bourne for parents, and once you hit that demographic, I think it was even every more, parent. That I think it was beyond it. Bourne and, and, and uh, Bond. Like looking at that, like it's beyond Bourne and Bond. Like even people without kids watched that and were like, "Yo, this is dope." Because I, I have no kids. No, absolutely. And seeing the way that played out, like the way that went, like with that kidnapping, like the way he said, like the way that whole movie went, it's almost like John Wick. Like the way that movie starts, and I tell everybody, yo, like if you see the movie, and everybody's like, yo, for a dog, it's like it's not just a dog, dog. It's his. It's not even his. It's not just that it's his. It's his dog that his wife that just recently died got him. That you know she knows he's a troubled man. What he did, what his business was, what he did to get out, and you know she dies of cancer. She doesn't want him to go back down that dark path, so she gets him a cute little dog who he loves. And then you want to steal his car. You could have stole his car, but you killed the cute little dog, too. His fucking dog. To the point that when you you took the car to try to boost the car, and the guy you were trying to boost the car slapped the shit out of you, and you told your pops, and your pops hit him up. Yep. And he's like, do you want to tell me why you slapped my son? Yeah, he tried to sell me a stolen car today. Well, don't you buy stolen cars? Well, it was John Wick's. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was John Wick's car. All of a sudden, it's I talk to my son. <laughs> but but it shows, man. But even like no, but John Wick. Let's take Keanu, a second. Let, let, let's just on. take a second for for John Wick the series, the writing, the they. Ch- I mean, I don't know if Keanu's involved in the writing process. Is he? Do you know? I don't know. I don't think so. God damn, they chose the perfect I guy. I think probably maybe as a... I don't know if he's going to write him. Probably as a producer. But uh, I don't know a, of a bigger action star in terms of what I consider an action star caliber than Keanu Reeves. He's a... He, he's a... He's like the anti-movie star, man. He's not. He's, he's such not a normal everywhere. guy. He's a regular. A lot of people, but that's the thing. A lot of these people are regular people who just happen to be someone you see on camera, and a lot of them would like you to think that. Yeah, but it's different with Keanu. 
and I'll tell you why. This happened t- 15 years ago. Brandon, everybody, you see them on the train all the time. Like on the R train. Rides the R, like he rides the R train all the time. Christian. Christian worked at this job with Thunder. They was both downtown. They both took the R train to get to work. They both told me the same thing. I saw Keanu Reeves on the train today. And he was just there reading the newspaper. And then I would see I would see clips on the like this was like primitive YouTube. So it was like, you know, really starting Old up. Flip phone, so cell phone for this. You you're watching Keanu Reeves get up out of his seat to just give some random old lady the seat and he's just there reading his newspaper and he's just hella chill. And I never use that word hella. There's a lot of people, you know, even from work that go like and play on the Thursday night game, like uh, they, they like they have a poker game they have, and they like these guys get together. People like they actually have just sit around and chill, drink. I've I've seen like people like the actual actors, like people we've seen on screen, go to meet them there. That know one of the other guys, and like they've come there for a few weeks while they were in town to hang out. They wanted to just chill and be normal. Like a lot of these people just want you to feel that they're a normal person and treat them like that, bro. And that's, don't want you to gawk at them. Don't want to feel like that's that. That's why one of the number one things that people tell me, uh, you know, the, I've been in this industry for a little while already. When I first started working around it, they put me to the side, said, you cannot be a fan. Be a fan internally. But the minute you start asking for pictures and all that shit and you start behaving like the general public, you become the general public and you can't have a seat here anymore. As I mean, a lot of people, like, I don't, like, Lorenzo calls it, like, being a groupie. Like, he says that. Like, there's a lot of people that are like that, that they see a celebrity. Like, they don't, or they'll just see people around somebody and not know what it is. Like, I gotta get a picture. I gotta get a picture. And then, yo, who was that? Yo, you have. I think the, the, the only time, and he was so, he was really, like, I could say perfect that day. In the way he handled it, because I was so green, was Julian Casablancas, the lead singer from The Strokes. I remember I was in Gizzy's with JD, and it's like drizzling. And I just looked outside for a second, and I just saw this guy and this lady pushing a carriage and i said i looked at jd i said that looks like julian casablanca's he said who you're a fucking creep i feel I like said, you told me a story julian casablanca's from the strokes and then i peeked my head out and i said that's julian casablanca's and then i start chasing him <laughs> down west ave <laughs> it's raining and I'm not chasing him, asking him for anything. I wanted to see the front of his face because it was it, just stop there. I I saw the front of his face as he was passing by, and I said, "Holy shit, that looks like this guy." I wanted to see the front of his face to confirm that it was this guy. So I'm in the street; it's raining. I'm trying to get my umbrella open, and I'm running down the block. Mind you, this is a long time ago, bro. And he I remember, I'll never forget this shit. You my dude, this is making you sound like a fucking creep and I finish. Bro, I, mean, I love you. I I I'm, I came from creep. I remember as I approached, he already 
sensed that I was on his tail. And he turned back and he said hello to me. He stopped. He gave me a pound. He like embraced me. We took a picture together. And I was so blown away by that. Because this guy at the time, this was during the time where every news outlet was calling the Strokes the saviors of rock and roll. This is when he was white hot. And Electric Lady Studios is right there on West 8. I know where it is. So that's where like they record. That's where they perform. Like They do so many things there. And... I just happened to be there doing something so small, so insignificant, but it mattered to me. And when I was able to intersect that energy and the humility that I saw from him and the fact that he went into the subway with his wife and kid. A lot of actors, like if they, a lot of people like people like that. They yeah, live they in the city so from much the in city. perspective for me, they, bro. They, they take the train a lot. They know it's more. If you live in the city, yeah, they have a car, family car to do certain things. But, like, if you're going, like, oh, not that far, they take trains, man. Like, a lot of them, man. Like, you know. That really taught me a life lesson. Bro. Because up until that point, you know, if, if you come from, let's say, quote, unquote, nothing. And you start finding little ways to be successful and and really minute things then you try to really hold on to those things you you value those things so much because you can't see the grand scheme you're just getting these little wins and and you're comfortable with that because it's better than being where you were before but then you see somebody who's at the top when i saw julian casablancas the strokes were one of the top bands in the world and he stopped and showed me love. That I'm gonna blew tell you, my mind. That's bro. dope. But uh, the whole following him thing is why I do suggest bro, I, some I, people I, have security. No, and he, <laughs> and listen, he definitely, he definitely, and he, he knew. You. But he, I was so young, and he knew that I was just an in awe fan. Like he saw that in my face. That's why he stopped. If he thought I was just trying to get at him or some shit but there was no industry in me at that time there was just stage all i knew was i guess, I guess you know stage. this has always been because i've done security so long and even back you know even when i was at fucking that hellhole in Times square all the people we met there but we couldn't you know take pictures get autographs like when i got the cc sabathia autographs for for louis and falco like i had to have my boy like ask him for it like you know what i'm saying like we weren't because we. Were I never party. ran after somebody after that. I've never ran after anyone, and that was the only time I ever ran after somebody. And it, once he gave me that moment, and then I saw him go into the train, I realized that I should never run after that again, because he's just a person. There you go. You have no idea how many times. We get work. I wish people would get that, but we're gonna we're gonna go because this very well off topic. That Julian Casablanca story was about six minutes. No, <laughs> uh, but it, has he ever been in an action movie? <laughs> has he ever pulled the Jared Leto? 
Don't get me started on Jared Leto. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to hear about you. you. You just told me you're starting to hate him. As was that you who said that? He, he's one of these people that thinks he's saving humanity with acting. Did you say that no, or did I, I did read not that, say that somewhere? No, I did not. Oh, you read that I re- somewhere. I read that somebody said that somewhere. But I will say that what he tried to do with the other actors uh, during suicide, uh, suicide Squad, it was pretentious. Oh, like, well, we stayed in. Like you, 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 in, you, you um, knew what Heath led left behind and and you just try to like create yo but did you did did you watch that a su- did you watch that suicide squad though i haven't watched the new one did you watch the first one yeah he wasn't a bad joker he wasn't a good joker not nah, yo he wasn't to, to me honestly i liked him as the joker i didn't i i wanted to you know this and you know me when i go into movies i set a very low expectation for you and he ex- he exceeded it and one of the things for but me, but it's not it's it's not his performance that troubles me. It's the pretentiousness around his performance that makes me not like his performance. Because had he just been a regular guy on set and just done his fucking job, but you weren't on set, bro. All, like all the fucking interviews with all the actors saying that he was sending them used condoms and dead rats. Trying to get this shock jockey shit going off. Like, Heath Ledger walked around set and he never left the Joker character because he's a method actor. You come off as somebody who wants to be a method actor. So you're overcompensating by doing these extreme things that you didn't have to do. I personally, I personally liked him as the Joker. He's no Heath Ledger. He was no Jeff. And you know what's you know what's fucked up? That and you, I didn't like him as a joker. Against, you measure him against. Let's look at let's look at who he had to go up against before that. And who came after him? Three fucking Academy Award winners. And he's an Academy Award winner himself. Let, let's just take a our four Jokers have all won an Academy Award. Nicholson for early in his career was it one flew over the cuckoo's nest for Nicholson? I'm pretty sure he went for something after that. Hold on. You know, he didn't win for when he played the Joker. Ledger won for when he played the Joker. Uh, Joaquin for the Joker. And when he played, uh, what's his name? Uh, rock guy. Um, I walk the line. Well, in that movie. That's the name of it. Uh, Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. There you go. You know? All four of them. All four Jokers of our lifetime. And let's be honest, the fifth one, everybody forgets the animated one. Your boy Luke Skywalker. Mark Hamill. All five phenomenal actors, all great in their own right. I think it's unfair to, you know, of course, if you rank him against this one, he's not going to be the one we all want. But I think that if you rank that work, if we're going against, like, if we're giving him grade scores and you can only get A pluses, there were three A pluses, and I give him, like, a, a, a B. I don't think he was a bad joker. I think he was a bad actor. I think, but he was acting as the but, Joker. But he he was he was acting like a dickhead, and he was using the Joker as his excuse. I mean, what you're saying, but here's what I said once again: you weren't on set, so you're, you're mad about what you did. But they're saying I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about it. I'm just saying that to me that affects my perception of his performance for that role. Because whenever I think about that role, I don't remember his performance. I remember all the off-site antics that p- 
plagued the media that surrounded his performance. I never heard no, any of that no, in the media. Nobody. Like, that wasn't in no, regular no, Nothing that I saw was in praise. I'm talking about in the media. Whether it's blogs or YouTube videos, whatever it is. Anything that covered his performance for this uh, role. It wasn't based around his performance in the role. It was based around his antics around the performance. But even, and I think it was a cheap excuse to be a but dickhead. But even there, I'm going to say the same thing and I when said. They pressed him none about of those it people the, were there. But, but when they pressed him about it on the red carpet, he was just like, well, you know, I'm just method acting. And I'm just like, don't do that. Because Nicholson didn't have to do that. And he's done worse movies than The Joker, bro. Like, let, let's stop it. Stop it. Stop being this People. pretentious fucking celebrity. Stop being a celebrity for a, for a fucking moment and be an actor. I think he acted really good in that movie. I think, you know, you know who's someone who's star I'm happy to see continue to rise? I can never get a first name right. Uh, Margot Robbie. No, she's awesome. I'm, I'm glad I get... Seeing well, her star continue to rise is from dope. Wolf of Wall Street, right? Yeah. She was in a... You know what's crazy? What? That's like her and Will Smith have done like three movies already together. Like, they did Focus, they did that, and they did something else. Like, they, they're pretty... Like they, You know how when people just have that chemistry? They had good chemistry in that movie. Bro, she me. had a cameo in a movie. The, uh, the Big Short. Did you see that? No, I haven't about seen about the shorting of the housing market, and it's like a Wall Street movie. It's and they go, it was um, oh, I forgot this motherfucker's name, but he goes, right now we're gonna cut to Margot Robbie, who's gonna explain to you X, Y, and Z, and she's just there in a hot tub, and she's there like herself, and she's talking in her normal accent. She's Australian. And there's like no pretentiousness, and she tells the butler to get the fuck out. And it was just like such an awesome moment because I'm like, I love that. I love when people just be themselves. Yeah, I might, I might have to plug this up. Uh, <laughs> I'm at 41. percent It started at 100. This is crazy. My screen hasn't gone off though. I just I just looked and saw that shit was down. Um, yeah, man. This actually podcast has run 50 minutes because we've been all over the place here. So uh, before we wrap. Before we wrap up, we, we've talked about action movies. Uh, we, we haven't even gotten into. You know, it's crazy. Uh, all right, so let, let, let's just. All right, I, I guess uh, we'll fall under the one. We'll talk about like comic book movies some other time or something. Uh, excluding comic book movies, no like Dark Knight, no Dark Knight Rises, nothing from the MCU. What's your favorite action movie ever? Big Trouble in Little China. Big Trouble in Little China. Big Trouble in Little China. John Carpenter. 1986 Kurt Russell like come on this was before anybody even knew that we can do CGI shit all that Star Wars shit was like that testing. was a mo- it, no it, it, that it, was models like uh, there's some like obviously the lasers and shit like that but that's fucking that doesn't you know yeah, but I want no, I want no, 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 I want to stop I want to pause you there I, exclude Star Wars what you're saying is so true Exclude Star Wars from it because that was fucking Spielberg and Lucas. That don't count. That don't count, bro. That's Spielberg and George Lucas, two of the brightest minds ever in filmmaking and figuring shit out. So let, let's exclude them. But what you were about to say before they knew where they could take CGI, and honestly, you look at it now. That was in the late eighties. It's like in the mid eighties. Now the effects are cheesy, but back then, fucking ridiculous crazy with all these little creatures and shit and not having crazy, to use some bro. of the fucking shitty costumes they had to back then it, it wasn't bad i've only seen it once but it made an impression on me 
I, I'm not a big fan of watching older '80s movies like that. They, they, and they're, I, they're know, tough, they're the, tough watch. We, we, we've had those discussions because we tried to watch it here, and you say, eh, "I don't like that." I, I understand that. You know, we live in a 4K. You know, but world. even before, like in the '90s, minimum. like there were a lot of movies I couldn't. I did not. I thought Jurassic Park, which I now love, looked extremely cheesy when it first came out, and that was on a movie screen in what '93. And that wasn't terrible. We were to moving me, towards right. better, and they use models. But for me, a clearer image is best. I, I'm going to be bold and say this. I don't think that Big Trouble in Little China is one of the greatest action movies of all time. I think it's one of the greatest movies of, of all time. Yeah, well, you know, you like saying things like that because you're the guy who said Young Thug's the greatest rapper of all time. No. Yep. Yeah, 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 no. no. Oh, I wish but I pulled the clip I, I up. I did say that. I did say <laughs> it. But, and I still, I I can't stand by that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I was about to say you stand, I just stand by that. I, I was, gonna, stand I was about that. to get on you if you say you stand by that shit. Because I was about to get on your ass. When it comes to appreciating hip hop, you know, it fluctuates. It happens daily. On that particular day, I was a super young thug fan. But I've been saying that Big Trouble in Little China is one of the greatest movies of all time for a long time. That's you know, but that, that that's your that is your opinion. That's why I tell people yeah, people's it's, it's opinions such, are allowed to be their opinions. A, and and it, no one needs to agree with this. I don't care if you do. Yo, move it's, your mic closer. It's not picking up any wavelengths. It's just one of those things that um the fact that. This was like one of those movies that I, you know, you you guys probably listening to this are probably like so custom to YouTube and shit. But back in the day, we had something called the Fox Five Saturday Afternoon Movie. You remember that? I just I just saw you get chills. It made me no, I didn't get chills. It made me cringe. I used to hate. Oh God, if I was if I was ever so bored that I was home <laughs> and saw. Like those Saturday, like Fox Five, the Fox Channel Five 4, Saturday afternoon. Channel Seven movies. Oh my God, bro! If I was ever home and saw those were on or anywhere, that's how I knew it was a shitty fucking day. You just brought up childhood terrible memories, and I remember the initial recording that I had of Big Trouble in Little China. Was a VHS that I recorded off of the Saturday morning or the Saturday afternoon Fox Five afternoon special. Oh, so you didn't have a little cursing or anything. So I just had the TV, whatever they this, played on TV. This film has been modified and formatted <laughs> to fit your TV. So I lost a bunch of scenes, and then there was a bunch of scenes that the. I promise you, I'm not. I'm. Not, give me just two minutes for this story. The guy that gave me studies, Javier Ortiz, cabrón, and I'm going to tag him in this. I'm going to send this to him. He lent me. He got the Big Trouble in Little China DVD when I first got a PlayStation 2. And I asked him, can I borrow that? And he let me borrow it. And I said, holy shit. I got Big Trouble in Little China. The whole thing. No commercials, no uncensored. I get to hear what Kurt Russell says. And in two days, there were representatives from the church crawling through everything in my house. I mean, the sorcery. Because they were called in. 
by the ops. The sorcery. <laughs> what, what else is in there? Sorcery. Uh, I mean, that's the big one. Sorcery. Just gonna say that witchcraft. It's like it's it's witchcraft. It's it's demonic. It's yeah. everything in the book. They threw the book at me. <laughs> it's a good play on words there. I like that. Um, my favorite action movie of all time, and a lot of this, this may shock a lot of people considering, man. But one of my favorite action movies of all time. I'm gonna say this here, even though I say it to this day, it is the reason. I am petrified of elevators to this day as an adult. You you know it's about you know I'm, you know I'm afraid of elevators, right? Talking about backdraft? No, but you know, no backdraft. Backdrafts wise, I mean, I wanted to be a firefighter, and then other life things made me realize that wasn't the life course I wanted to take because uh, I wasn't that brave. Um, but no, my favorite action movie ever. I'm not firefighter brave, man. No, that's a different breed. Um, but uh, one of my favorite action movies ever. It's Speed with our boy Keanu Reeves. That was actually my introduction to Keanu Reeves, man. I, I don't remember, but I didn't watch Bill and Ted. Uh, I don't remember Point Blank like that. Uh, uh, what was it, Point Break like that? Yeah, I don't remember it like that. Yeah, with him and Swayze, with the, uh, with they're like robbing the banks or whatever. Um, I don't remember that like that. But I do, uh, I do remember Speed. I remember my dad took me to see it in the movie theaters. It was just me and him. And there would be a lot of times, man, where uh, my mom, like, she went to do shit with Betty and Lorenzo, or, like, they had shit going on, and, like, I stayed home with my dad. Like, I didn't want to go, so I stayed home with my dad, and we would go do something. A lot of times, we would go up to Ridgewood Movie Theaters and see a movie. Like, you know, I, I saw a lot of movies with just, like, it was me and my dad like that. On Wednesdays? Uh, yeah. But me and my, like, like, like that was how we... That was how we went to go see uh, Speed. It was, like a, it was, like, a Friday night or a Saturday night, and me and... Me and my dad went, yeah, man. Yeah, I take one. Uh, and we went to see that shit, man. And I, I remember thinking it was wow, such an awesome movie. And you know, I, you know, it's crazy. I wasn't scared of ever getting on a city bus and thinking there was a bomb on it. But I was terrified that there was a madman who would blow up the elevator I was on every time, son. <laughs> I was fucking petrified. Yo, Dennis Hopper made me think that there's just crazy people out there in the world who who would just be around waiting to blow up any fucking elevator I was on, bro. That's how good of a fucking... That's how good he played that role. That I was petrified of fucking elevator. I'm going to say was. I still am. I can ride elevators now. But every time I do, like, there's people who, like, get on elevators with me. And they know I'm money. Like, people start, start being dicks before I see them. They're like, yo, chill. He, he gets scared on elevators. And they know that I'm in, like, fight mode. Like, don't be a dick. Like, my first thing is I'm going to swing. Speed was an awesome movie, bro. It... I don't think that was my introduction to Keanu. I think I had already seen um, Bill and Ted. Ted. And Bill and Ted is the one that got me started on all this shit. But, and Point Break 2 with Swayze, that movie made I've me never, cry. I've never seen Point that Break. That movie made me cry, bro. I've like, never seen it. Great movie. But it was, um, I remember it was Speed that really made me pay attention to Sandra Bullock. Ah, you know it's crazy cuz we were talking about speed earlier and we all said that. Yo, she's I mean, she's aged like fine fucking wine, bro. It's like she's she's a, she's in a class all her own, bro. Have you did you ever see Gravity? 
Yes. Bro, that was a good yes. movie. And yo, the way they build it as her and Clooney, and Clooney's only in it for like 10 minutes. Like, that shit was crazy. That, that was her. That was her. Like, that That was a good movie, There bro. was, there and was you a know, time cr- back in the day <clears throat> that Maxim Magazine was, like, hot. I remember that, bro. I used to, I used to when I worked nights and I would get off super late, I would buy it from the newsstand so I had something to read on the train to and from the work. The Maxim Magazines were literally, like, just PG porn for young adults. And... During that era, this was the first time that I really started building computers. So, and I would always have people searching my computers because of the church. So, I would always, like, figure out ways to hide shit. I would create a zip file that I compressed everything in, and then I would hide that zip file and then, you know, hide hidden files. It was like a whole process. But there was this one drive that um, my boy gave me one time. Him. Who? I don't want to say his name because he's about to get married. <laughs> I, I can't tell. We just said it off air. I'm pretty sure I should be able to get that. But it's because you're doing it backwards. Yeah. He had everything. It's like he was the the Napster. He was like the pioneer that showed us primitive beings <laughs> what downloading was. He's the first person with 56k. He had dial up and he still made it work. You had to kind of like give him orders for your song requests and in like a month you'll get a CD. <laughs> So he just had this huge Rolodex of all these celebrities and like lingerie shoots. And it wasn't really anything naked, but it was enough to just make you like, goddamn. That's Maxim, bro. And Sandra Bullock, another one uh, I'll give you. Um, what's Shorty from? Um, <coughs> Excuse me. Bless you. What's Shorty from, from Dust Till Dawn that she puts her toes in? Selma Hayek. Selma Hayek. Yo, that's oh. wild. We Alicia spoke about Silverstone. Both of them today. I used to be. Whatever in happened love. to Alicia Silverstone? I used to be in love with that girl, bro. Whatever happened to her, man? Wow. You, we were talking about this, and like, I'm this tempted to fucking like get a subscription for Maxim. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, like I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. Uh. <laughs> I haven't get the subscription, but send them here. Fuck out of here! I want to read them on the goddamn train. <laughs> get the digital version, but send me the physical copies. No, I want the physical <laughs> copy to read. You sick fuck? Yo, I haven't. Yo, I. But you know what's crazy? They used to have really good articles in there, man. And uh, yeah, well, we this this uh this podcast ran a little long on this one, baby. Nah, I'll say this. To tie it all together. One person that I didn't think was attractive before. That after I saw them in an action movie. Made me feel like they were extremely attractive. Was. um Was Shorty from Kill Bill. 
Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. She, she didn't quite do it for me. Really? No. Mm. Nope. I know you're looking at me like she doesn't do it for you now. I'm gonna throw her on do it for me. I don't know. Like I think she's good. At, she is a good actress. I like her acting. She's a good actress. I thought I thought she killed it in Kill Bill. Um, what about Lucy Liu? N- oh my God! I met her. Like I met her in person at work. See, that's why I say don't meet your fucking. Heroes. Nah, like she, she's cool in person, attractive as shit, but like not, not, not my favorite. Like, I, like we were talking about it earlier today at work, and I was like, yo, I said it to truthfully. Like, I never really found J Lo to be all that. Like, it was like a media hype. Like, they've never seen a great ass before. Like, I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, she's Jennifer Lopez, one of the most beautiful women in the industry in her time. But if you're from the hood, there's a Jennifer Lopez every couple blocks. <laughs> You know, you know, that's why yeah. she had this song, I'm Still Jenny from the Block. You can find a Jenny on every block. Yeah, but not with that bankroll. Fair enough. She didn't always have that bankroll. That, that, she worked hard to get that. Yeah, Let, let's be honest. But she that, worked hard that, to get that, that. That bankroll is, you know, half the dose of Viagra. It's like there's, you know, a lot of the shit that she posts, everybody be like, oh, my God, she's so beautiful. No. It's like she looks like she's deteriorating, and no, I, I, I mean, get that. I won't say deteriorating. I mean, she's a, what she's like. We're 15, all deteriorating. Let's, 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 Everybody is she's deteriorating. Still, she's still she's by no any different. by Western beauty standards, she's still a beautiful woman. But no, but that, that has nothing to do with whether she's beautiful or not. We're all beautiful, but we're all deteriorating. It's like, and she's just another human being. She is. I give you that. But to me, I uh. But she still just, she still I, looks like a Puerto Rican bitch from the Bronx. Like that's all she looks like. She doesn't look like her farts smell like fucking strawberries with fucking whipped cream. I don't think cream. anybody's farts like, smell like strawberries with whipped she, cream, she, brother. She doesn't <laughs> queef flowers. No one does. It's like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure her that's nipples. On, that's are only imperfect. on a. That's only on a you know fictional TV shows. These things happen. Nobody has. Perfectly circled nipples. That's a fucking false like you, reality. But like you, you, but you already know the kind of woman. Like you know how much like I find like a Tina Fey attractive. Julia Louis Dreyfus. We had these talks. Like we just talked. Sandra Pullup. They're all beautiful white women. <laughs> all right, let me. Alicia Keys. You know, you've always known I love Alicia Keys. Nina Sky. Didn't well, both of the Nina Sky twins. You know what I'm saying? We mean twins. Nina Sky is two women. Bullshit. You never knew Nina Sky was two different women? <laughs> that's how, that's how much I didn't know that my microphone just went limp. What? Look, that thing about Natalie and Nicole? Get the fuck out of here. That's why N- N-I-N-A. No way. Uh-huh. I mean, I, they obviously don't make music. Any, I haven't heard any music from them forever. But uh, I'm pretty sure that both either one's a DJ, like one of those like DJs that tours and like does the big like mixing has the sets everywhere i'll tell you why they stopped either one i'll or tell both. you why they stopped because the industry fucked them no because they started fucking with people that have problems with jimmy and that was the last time i ever heard their name jimmy sent you jimmy sent him jimmy sent him <laughs> well with that people jimmy's telling us let's wrap this one up because we went all over the place this shit ran long like this shit ran long long uh 
But uh, since we're here, man, why don't you go ahead uh, before I go ahead and hit this, man? What you, what you, you got any last words? I think we. I don't. What, what, what are we gonna call this though? Because this went all over the place. I think we just call it. It started about this and ended here. That's fine. <laughs> I'll say this. There's a lot of action heroes that I love dearly. That really showed me that you can be a regular guy and be a superhero. Because all these superheroes are regular guys. And that didn't hit me the most until I saw what happened to Val Kilmer. That is. His, he's, got, he's got this cancer thing. Even and a lot of people. You say that. Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman. To know what he went through while playing. And what he uh, meant uh, to black people. What he meant to young, to, to, to to young black kids. To, I mean, Such an inspiration to hold his own shit in I re- just to be your hero to be honest Oof. with you i'll say this you say young black kids i don't even remember really remember blade like this guy playing blade as Come a black on. superhero everybody knew that you he know? was cheating on his taxes no no no, 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 no. Really i don't remember him. no i don't remember him playing blade because i didn't love blade two and three that much i like blade one i didn't love blade two and three that much he wasn't he but was no, iconic. No, you know who I do. He wasn't you know who I, But listen to me. Let me finish my statement, though. You know who I do consider the first black superhero I remember seeing on screen? Robert Townsend and Meteor Man. Meteor Man. You never seen Meteor Man? Is Robert Townsend the guy that was the dad? And uh, the Black Parenthood. Yes. On, like, it was like, I'm going to go ahead and be racist here. I'm pretty sure UPN what, turned into the CW. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, him. That I remember that. You know, you want to know who played even it? Blank Man. Blank Man that came out. You know, Blank Man came out after that. But I remember Blank Man more than I remember Blade. But I guess those were more com- com- comedic movies, uh, so to speak, while also being you know superhero, you know, so so to speak. Blank Man was kind of deep though, really too. Blank Man has some real emotional moments in it. Can we make a superhero movie? That works for me, man. That'd be funny. That'd be, be real fun. Like, we'd have to Can be we really be superheroes in Bushwick. Yo, bro, man. <laughs> we, we, we can't put that out though. Now we're gonna have to cut that. And you, no, we got we can't we can't say it because now somebody else gonna try to jump on the idea and be I'm Bushwick man. No, you know we're not Bushwick man. No, somebody else is gonna do that. We Bud and Roach. <laughs> yeah, I, we I know. can. We Listen. are the only people that can. Ever be Bud and Roach. No. That's a phenomenal idea. We'll talk more about it off air. Let's not give away plans or anything. Let's do what we had to do. And actually, we might... I got an idea for you. What you just said, you just gave me an idea. Let the people know where they can follow you at, Chief. You can follow me at I'm King Roach. And you can follow me at Mr. Underscore Zoe Taylor. You can follow us both at Bud and Roach. And you can get everything Bud and Roach related over at BudandRoach.com. And, and... And we didn't say it at all during this episode. You can make sure to follow this goddamn live stream on YouTube. Search Button Roach and you'll come upon at some point a random episode. And this may be in it. If not, go find us on Spotify or anywhere else you can stream a podcast. And, and uh, we, we got to just take a second. Just shout out the people from Bushwick, man. If you're in Bushwick and you're listening to this, we love you. We love you. Thank you. Because... You guys are all over the world, but we really do this for home. Yeah, we do this for home base. We do this for home, man. And uh, we love you guys, man. We love Bushwick, love Brooklyn, love you all. Everybody stay safe. And uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one. 
You feel me? Because we do the fucking yurt. yurt. <laughs>